as ever, I can tell you that. <laughs> We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of the Soda City Sit-Down. Another big week, real sports to talk about once again. There is still cancellation talk, but at the same time, there's sports to talk about. Just want to get into some housekeeping stuff, starting out the show with that. A shout out to any new followers, any new listeners that we've picked up this week. Welcome. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a good show for you. Um, hopefully, you'll be able to enjoy. You know, as always, if you know if you were following us on one social media site, but not on one of our others, uh, we are on both. Twitter and Instagram. We are at the SC sit down for both of those. So head on over and uh, give us a shout out on anything right there. Um, is there anything else that I haven't hit yet? Any other housekeeping things that I'm missing? Don't think so. No, I think it's a pretty normal week. Yeah. Yeah, pretty normal week. Nothing, nothing too big, nothing too crazy. Still got things in the works. Yeah. yeah. With that, we'll just dive right into is this the final piece of our position breakdown? That it is. It yes, is. finally. The cherry on top. Ominous timing uh, that it's our last <laughs> yeah. one. I almost want to invent more position groups just so we can uh, keep talking about it. It's honestly been a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe you should uh, you should call up. Next week we can do the bench warmers. <laughs> we can do coaching staff breakdown. How about that? Maybe next Ooh, time. That could be interesting. Well, we are on to the specialists. And so obviously this encompasses punters, kickers, We've got our kick returners, punt returners, and some snappers. And is that is that all? I, I think that's pretty like much snappers, all. Snappers, like right? like yeah, like long like snappers, that? I guess. The holder. Oh my god, the Tyler! <laughs> I'm gonna remove I, you. I was like, what is that noise? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the next snapper for USC. It's a bad dad joke. I'm on the team. Talk about me, Matt. Break that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we in a jazz club? What is happening? I should start bringing in the song here in a second. Oh. This is going to be fun. When you're a jet, when you're a jet, you know. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I just referenced a musical on a sports podcast. Uh, <laughs> Dude, get out of here. <laughs> Have y'all never seen uh, West Side Story? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, at Punter. <laughs> <laughs> At punter, we have uh, Kai Kroger incoming, was pretty highly recruited guy, and uh, he'll have the easy task of replacing current Carolina Panther and one of the best punters we've had in recent history, Joe Charlton. So that that's going to be a season's MVP. It's going to be tough. Yeah, he he was uh, he was used far too often last year. Let's let's be honest. But Joe Charlton, very good player, and where we talked about him a little bit a couple weeks ago. Hopefully he can take that starting role for the Panthers. But Kai Kroger, I don't know if this was like how specialists have different rankings or whatever, but considered by some to be a five-star punter. So definitely looking forward to him getting in there and seeing what he can do. I don't know if he'll Wait. be a starter immediately. There's like specialists. Like, like they're saying like if they actually gave five stars out to like punters. Yeah, I, I, I truly don't know anything past that, but I know that that was like a thing people talked about when he. So he's good, it. I take yeah. yeah, he should be he should be very good. And uh, then at kicker, obviously, we get Parker White back for his senior season, as well as getting another decently highly recruited guy and Mitch Jeter to come in as his backup. And from what from what it sounds like, 
I've just seen a couple of videos here and there, but uh, Mitch Jeter sounds like he's he's going to be the next guy. Did y'all uh, see the Parker White video like the other day? <laughs> him of him shooting that sixty plus yard kick. He shot it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he shot it. Oh yeah, dude! It was it was like a bullet in the air. I tell you, what, what. kind of lens did he use? Was uh, I don't know. Just like an ACOG or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, we have Chris Christian Kinsley is a redshirt senior at punter. Honestly, I've never heard his name, so I don't know if it'll be the true freshman or the redshirt senior. But I guess we'll 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 find out. But, probably go with yeah, true freshman. But yeah. I guess we'll kind of talk about that a bit more. But yeah, at uh, kickoff and punt returner, I've I've heard of a few names, but we we don't really have anything set in stone yet. I think Shy Smith is. He, he did it a good bit last year on the kick returning game. Um, and at punt returner, it, we haven't had anybody since Debo be able to return a punt. So honestly, we had Edwards back there last year just because he could catch the ball. So right now I've heard Jamie Robinson and JC Horn have a little bit of traction there, but that kind of worries me. I don't, I don't like having defensive players being punt returners i don't know i they can be good but i feel like they should just put a wide receiver they got hands got good hands <laughs> yeah and you yeah. would hope they could put like a slot receiver back there or maybe like a a running back that's known for speed like maybe a zaquandre white could be back there but it's hard to know at this point i i'm sure they'll they'll learn this in camp as one of the caveats to the uh special teams unit obviously replacing charlton's tough but kroger certainly projects to be a pretty decent guy. Parker White, as on and off as his career has been, he has steadily gotten better. Uh, so hopefully he has a productive senior season. And then, honestly, when it comes to kickoff and punt returner, we don't have anybody that jumps off the page. So if there's like a surprise guy that turns out to be like really good, I, I hope they kind of go with an, somebody new back there. Uh, whether it be like an incoming freshman. Well, they're going to have to, right? I mean, if... <laughs> I mean, what stuff I've been seeing is like Rico Powers has been really impressing. Maybe they'll throw him back there. Yeah. So now, like, when you said uh, when you said Debo was the last guy that was able to return a punt, did he ever like return a punt a, a punt for a touchdown? Actually, I, I, if I said punt, I think I meant like kickoff because I don't I don't know if Debo did a whole lot of punt returning. Yeah, because I was like I can't remember like specifically, and then I was just like thinking like, did he? I know he obviously had a couple of kickoff return touchdowns, but I couldn't remember if he had a punt return. Looking back to, I'm I'm not sure why he didn't return punts. I mean, I, I guess it's like he's really important and like injury prone, completely healthy but, for half his career. Yeah. But. Going off that, obviously, probably not a lot to talk about with this unit. Like we know, there's there's only a couple guys who play significant roles on the special teams, but we do have a few questions. The first of which is, how can we possibly replace Joe Charlton? And I, I guess I've kind of have kind of already answered this. <laughs> yeah, having a five-star punter helps for sure. And like, you know, if you if you however however you determine that, I mean, it's like punters. Hopefully, I, we I, just never have to punt. I think that's a good answer to that question. Yeah, that's that's the way you replace yeah, that, it. I mean, that's a that's a bad answer because do you know our team? Anyway, no, Clayton, you got to get that mindset. Mind over matter, you know, speak it into existence. Yeah, you got to sunshine pump it. There's a real possibility that that we don't punt a single time in the fall it, of 2020. It's, it's <laughs> a possibility. There is. What? Touchdown but, or bust. But like, we also, could score a touchdown, we could fumble, throw an interception. How, how much different is college punting from high school punting? Like, is it really that different? 
No, don't uh, think so. No. Like you, like I feel like punting is per se pretty mean? constant. Dude, <laughs> I've seen some. It's the same length. Bad high school punting. <laughs> I've seen some what? bad high school punting. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you're a good high school punter, it should translate pretty well to college. It's like you have a well, big leg. Well, the field is accurate? a little narrower, correct? Yeah, is it? Ba- like barely. Yeah, I did not know that. I feel like so, it so is. the thing the thing about kickers is like I've seen videos like there's I've, I saw a YouTube channel where this guy is a is a kicker I think he was a kicker for some small school and like I think when the whole Bears thing happened he was like hey Bears I can be your next kicker and he was doing a lot of like placeholder kicks into the field goal from like sixty plus yards and it's one thing to do it in like a small field like with no one watching it's another thing to do it at your high school stadium it's another thing to do it in front of like 50 to 80,000 people. So that's the one thing with like a punter is like, or at least maybe less of the punter, but more with a, like a field goal kicker is like the place you're at can really affect your performance. Like look at uh, the Florida state guy was a big thing, but, but that's, that's field goal kicker. That's different. Right. I know it's a little bit different, but I think it's very different, but. And I also, I think like, I used to think punting was punting. And then, um, you know, like Pat McAfee, he left the league and started like, you know, he started doing his videos and stuff like on Saturdays and Sundays where he just like break down like every single punt that he saw on the television. Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, I think he still kind of does it. But yeah, so I think like with that, like you kind of start to realize like there's so much more of a science because like, I mean, he do like with comedy, but like he'd also like actually give good insight at the same time. And like there's so much more. Like, I mean, like rain, uh, temperature. Uh, humidity, all these kind of things like go into like oh, how man. you need to kick the ball, dude. Oh. No, like he like would go. A lot into of that is it, like... him playing it up for the joke, though. Like not even though. I like, mean, I mean, I'm sure can... there is a, like a lot that goes into it. So like, but like, I mean, there is in college. But, like, also, what I'm saying is like those things don't change if you're like a high school kicker versus a college kicker. I'm sure there's more you will learn, but like if he was good in high school, he should be good. And what I'm trying to say is, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, statement. like, you know, in, like, high school, like, if you're playing, I mean, me and Austin grew up down here in the low country, so, you know, if you're playing at Somerville or Goose Creek or Wando, like, the low country, you know, like, like every Friday night, it's just going to be a hot, humid Friday night. It's all going to travel the same, but, you know, the weather in South Carolina is going to be different than, like, Missouri, different than College Station, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm just overthinking it when it kind of comes down to, like, <laughs> you'll kick in different environments. I've realized yeah, I'm definitely did. overthinking it. And yeah, I'm like, like, like I get it. There is an, a, the thing is there is an ability of rain and like wind, but when you're kicking, you're not like strategizing all, you're not like doing the math equation. You are, your you're kind of just like, yeah, though. let me do it a little bit more this way. And the chip, if you're good, you are like, you I think back to the that. original point Clayton was trying to make. Kai Kroger was the number two overall punting recruit, punter recruit for this upcoming year. He's going to be really good for us, oh, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. And uh, as long as he doesn't punt it like the Miami punter I saw today on like just a, some old college football highlights, the guy who punted it backwards, that, that was that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> really? I, honestly, I think I'd rather my punter kick it like negative one yards than kick it 10 yards because at least you can laugh at like a negative punt. 
I'm going to disagree with you there. Honestly, <laughs> talent that is either, either way, either way, it's it's just absolutely horrible. But it's it takes talent to be that bad. That no, no. Would I rather back. my punter? No, because if you punt it ten yards, then it's just like. Oh man, he just shanked it. It went out of bounds, ten yards away. You might it's be whatever. Like you get me. If you do it, yeah. If you if you put <laughs> negative one yards, your team is memed forever, dude. It yeah, doesn't matter what, how long from down the road, you're just gonna be enough. popping it up. You're just like, oh, that was a bad onside kick. That's what I meant to do. Like, you can't like lie about a negative yard kick. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, pro punters shank a punt every now and then. If you, like, if you, if you punt it and say it was a bad onside kick, you, you might be yes. <laughs> We're going for that punting onside kick. Revolutionary. I mean, new, new, anything is possible this upcoming season. Yeah, you know? they're changing the rules. New play, new play. So my next question I have here is uh, more trick plays in store for Parker White? I was going to ask over under touchdowns for Parker White. I think it's going to be set at 0.5, and it's probably going to be under. I think it's going to be set at one, but we're going to remove it from the board. Can we can we count like Uh, touchdowns? (laughs) Tyler got triggered. Yeah, I mean that counts. (laughs) But I don't think Parker White would be the one throwing. It would be the holder. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. Unless it's just that tricky of a play. Yeah, it's like that LSU trick play where he like flips over the holder back to the kick. I'm just still triggered about. The uh, the <laughs> Alabama whole call Such, last year. Aren't we all? It's like okay. I mean, it's like if if you had that season, and then it just like that was all it was. I I could live with it. But then to have that get called, and then you fast forward however many weeks it was, and then the Florida hole doesn't called. And even that like, same game, Rico Dowdle getting what? called short of the end zone. I mean, we uh, could we could have been very much in that game. That yeah. game was wild, and it just was such a heartbreaking. Like nothing went our way. If like one thing went our way, it could have been a completely different game. But yeah, it was in. I'm not a high. I don't have high hopes for the trick plays. I don't know. Much champs. I don't know. Much champ got a little bit into it this past year. I feel year, like this is a a very very important year for him though. So you know he'll he's talked about putting Luke Doty on the field as well. Yeah, he's gonna throw the kitchen he's sink. Gonna, at he's gonna he's gonna do everything he can. Yeah. Also, a side note that I, I kind of overlooked here when I was breaking down the specialist that I just remembered. So, long snapper is usually not someone like very well known on the game. Uh, the only one we have on our roster right now that's listed as a long snapper is Matthew Bailey, a redshirt freshman. So I'd say it's probably Matthew Bailey. <laughs> the uh, the funny comment I heard from Muschamp earlier this week that is also slightly concerning: uh, Nick Muse is uh, currently our backup long snapper. <laughs> he just does everything. Yeah, so uh, starting tight end, back up, long snap. Old Swiss Army knife. (sighs) But yeah, I think that's pretty funny. But uh, last question I have here before we wrap it up. Can we rely on Parker White to be consistent this year? Because he's gotten he's gotten better. Was he not? He's gotten better. He's gotten better. I he's specifically remember him missing against Georgia from thirty yards. Okay. Okay, okay, but at the same time, Rodrigo Blakenship, who's been one of the best kickers in college football, literally missed it too from like the same distance. I mean, you miss kicks under pressure. I think he has gotten consistently better as as his career has gone along. So I think think we can rely on him. I think it's also hard for him because he's playing after a lot of great kickers came through South Carolina too. 
He's been a good kicker. He I has. Mean, he has been good. He he really did struggle his freshman year, but like any okay, true but freshman think. kicker is gonna is gonna struggle in that situation, especially but with the team, team has a lot struggle too. When when mattered most, for the most part, he's made the kicks. Okay, he made the game winner against LA Tech. He made the game winner against Missouri. He missed the game winner against Georgia, but he rebounded and, and kicked the go ahead against Georgia the next mm. time out. I mean, and that's just off the top of my head. I might be missing some big kicks from him as well. I mean, he did have a touchdown. He, I mean, that was that was a touchdown. Call back, still a touchdown. I'm calling it. No, I'm with you. I think I think he's bound for a, a solid season this year. Uh, I really think so. I definitely it, do think so. Yeah. Like, I've believed in Parker White for the past couple of years. So the coaching staff has too. Since day one, like I have been the biggest part. Like ask ask anybody who's watched Carolina football game with me over the last three years. I've been the number one guy in the Parker White fan club. He's for me a local guy from the Low Country, even though I don't like Wando High School. Um, I've been cheering for him. He's always had a good leg. He, he's always had good distance on his leg, which is great. A little, little consistent, a little, little left and right at the beginning. Um, but you can coach that up, straighten that up, and it's been, it's been great. Like I, I just, I think he's had a good season the last two years. I think that he's been reliable and trustworthy. You, you can, you can point out that one kick, but it was a high pressure kick. It didn't cost us the game, and he came back out and kicked the go-ahead the next time out, and I'm excited to see what he can cap off his career with. Just for this position breakdown wrap-up here, I, I obviously we have more to talk about with a lot more of the other positions, and adding specialists is honestly just just an extra. But one last note on it, obviously a lot of the recruiting class we got in this year, one of what I would consider probably Muschamp's best recruiting class so far a lot of those guys that may not be able to get on the field in other ways are going to get on on special teams. And so one thing I'm looking forward to is just kind of seeing some athletic guys that we recruited as athletes come in and make plays on special teams. And whether that be young guys or older guys, like last year we had A.J. Turner playing a good bit on special teams, like just playing all these different positions. And while I'm sure it won't be everyone's first look, especially if they're com- supposed to be coming in as like a running back or a wide receiver or a defensive back, whatever, getting them in on uh, special teams is a great way to see what they could do for the future of, of the team. And so that that is definitely one thing I always like, like looking at the numbers of the guys that play special teams when they make a big play and be like, oh, that's like exciting that he's like working hard on special teams. So definitely should be solid. On the specialists, uh, assuming Parker White can be fairly consistent, uh, Kai Kroger, I I feel like when you're the number two punting recruit, you should be really good. Obviously, the return game, as long as they can catch the ball, I'll be happy because honestly, I don't see anyone just coming out of nowhere and being like a really good returner. But hopefully, we can just not turn the ball over there. <laughs> that's that's really all I'm. If if my bar is set that low on what they can do, any kind of productive return we actually get will just like exceed my expectations but yeah that's that's all we got for the specialists wrap up all right so moving on to college football as a whole now a lot happened this past week so just like starting from the beginning the sec announced that a few weeks ago that it was going to go to a 10 game all sec schedule so the sec announced officially announced all the new SEC opponents were going to be. And South Carolina got Auburn and Ole Miss. War game. I think that's 
that's a pretty okay draw. I mean, it could have been better, of course, but it also could have been could have been worse. A lot worse. Yeah. yeah, we could have been playing like could have been Missouri, or yeah, we could be Missouri. Oh my yeah. god, what is it? Missouri got Alabama and LSU, right? And Arkansas got Florida and Georgia, right? Yep. Is, yeah, is, they got the shit end of that deal. Yeah, I'm sorry, but sure. it it couldn't be more obvious that they're protecting the teams that are gonna go to the like that are yep. predicted to go yeah. to the playoffs. Oh like, yeah, so, holy and I don't crap. know. I don't know. If this is true. I, I haven't like looked and and followed up, but it's um, very obvious. But my wife Mary Catherine, <laughs> she she was telling my me wife. like before she saw the thing. <laughs> Sorry. You're the first one. What is this? 2004? <laughs> He's old school. Very nice. <laughs> 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 Anytime I hear that, I just. My laugh. Anyway, back on topic. Sorry. Uh, she had just seen that we got Auburn and Ole Miss. And so she's like, yeah, like I saw that they like tried to like make it fair to everybody, like where everybody played like like level schools. And I just laughed. I just like laughed right in her face. And she's like, what? And I was like, uh, Missouri got LSU and Alabama and Arkansas got Florida and Georgia. And she just, oh, <laughs> like, it was like <laughs> I don't know what they were trying. Like, yeah, like you said, just very clear. And I don't know if they actually came out and said that. I'd be kind of surprised that they did because it wouldn't make sense for them to say like, yeah, we graded every team and like try to make it a fair schedule because like, that would just sound dumb, I think. But uh, if they did come out and say that and then paired up the teams the way they did, <laughs> at least in the case of like Arkansas, Missouri, oh my God, that'd just be all world. No, they're definitely protecting the big dog. I don't know what the, the way that they did it because it obviously wasn't random. I think it was based off of, supposed to be based off uh, something to do with strength of schedule. So like, it made sense that if Georgia already had Alabama and Auburn on their schedule, that they would get what Arkansas and Mississippi state, something like that. So I think that was the general idea. So, I mean, and then in that case, we should get the easiest two teams from the West. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that, that would warrant that. So I'm not really sure. I, I almost wish it would have rather just been like a lottery, but who knows? Well, the end goal is is to have the best chance of winning the national championship. Right? Oh yeah, no, and they did that. They, they, they did that for did sure. That. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not winning a championship. I'm not neither is Missouri. So if they do, we've got a big problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. New coach. New coach. I think with how you know the uh, these things normally fall for South Carolina football, I think this is really probably best case scenario with having Auburn at home and Ole Miss out in a. Uh, in Oxford, uh, I, I'm kind of a little bummed that we're going back out to Oxford. Like we were just yeah, out there. Super weird that we're going straight back to yeah. we just had two years ago. But then again, uh, isn't it LSU and Vandy literally played last year and they're playing again this yeah. year? But at the same time, like I said, yeah. I'm not going to complain. It's not like, you know, outside of the travel itself, the away crowd isn't really going to like affect us or anything. It's not yeah, like, you know, sure. it's not like, oh, man, we got Auburn at home. Like, that's so much better than having to go out to the Plains. Like, no, like <laughs> you're going to have maybe if if we're lucky, 10,000 people. And but, despite uh, despite South Carolina's relative inefficiency in playing against Auburn, I mean, I, I don't know when the last time we beat them is. For, somehow I I and I feel like the rest of like Gamecock Nation, like generally felt like they really wanted to play this game. I mean, we're certainly not going to be favored as of right now going to play Auburn even at home. 
even if we had a full stadium. Yeah. But no. I, I do think that there's just something about that South Carolina-Auburn matchup. Obviously, I, I think it's because we haven't played Auburn, what, six years? 2014 may have been the last yeah, time? Yeah, the last time we Auburn. beat Auburn yeah. was 1933. I wanted to say that, but yeah. It says we are well, we have one win, one tie, and 10, <laughs> 10 losses to Auburn. Yes, and that was in 1932. Yeah. The SEC schedule was, was interesting. But it wasn't the most interesting college football news this week. There was the Big Ten and the Pac-12 officially canceling their fall schedules. Which means that the college football season will go on as normal. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but so they did not cancel it indefinitely. They canceled it for fall. So they're technically leaving themselves open to come back in the spring. But I think that's pretty unlikely. Yeah, a a move to the spring truly makes so little sense when you're thinking about so the general idea here is that they're looking to basically make sure that the health of the student athlete is at the forefront right that's the idea of moving the schedule now when you think about the health of the student athlete playing a spring football season and then turning around and immediately playing a fall football season the next year does that sound like it's putting the student athlete's health at the forefront? Because that seems kind of backwards to me. This is assuming that students won't go to class, won't go out with friends, won't do the normal stuff they do anyway during the fall. Right. And like, yeah. like they're like, oh, because there's no yeah, sports, there's, there's, so there's no policies. way they're going to get sick. There's plenty of ways they can. So the the spring football. I mean, I think that there are ways that it can be done. I think you'd have to do like a eight game regular season like for each season and just kind of just get through it during that time span i'm totally um, down to have a uh, annual like change football to a spring sport just college football and then we could have football all year because we'd have <laughs> nfl in the fall no, and winter we, and then we talked about this last uh, week clayton we're bringing the xfl back the rock is cooking it up and then that's giving <laughs> us a spring football and then we go back to normal but that not as good as college football tyler on that note what i would my thing is if they would move it to the spring that's actually a great thing for the xfl because they could just instead of playing in college why not go get paid to be a professional i don't know if the xfl has like the same rules the nfl does but the xfl can just pick up those kids and say hey they don't pay you money you want to come play for us instead why the hell would they do spring college football they can just go get paid for the xfl so i do think i do if i remember correctly i think there were certain contract stipulations were that like like certain things had to go a certain way for a player to just like play that spring season of the xfl and then jump into the nfl of course that's well no i think it was you could admit your last year of school and do the xfl instead of doing that and then go straight to the nfl afterwards i mean no you you had to play three years yeah but you can't but you wouldn't be able to go from college to xfl back to college because then you're a professional no, athlete. No, no. Yeah, I don't think they do that anyway because they would but just I think you're just saying like professionally. having like a, yeah. a G I mean, League. Why would you, you go know, back to like college? Like taking the, uh, like the LaMelo ball route, basically, but for football. Right. Um, I mean, I guess it could happen. I, I don't really know. I mean, if there was a, a spring football league of the sorts. But, um, but I mean, I, I, think, I think it is possible to do it. A spring followed up by a fall season. Um, it, it, you know, it, there wouldn't be a perfect way to do it um, because that, you know, everyone's perfect way is having a twelve game season where you play, you know, your eight game conference, your four others, you know, where there's a Clemson Carolina game, you get a, 
you get a, a, a conference championship, a bowl game, playoffs, all of that. Like, that's what everyone wants. Like, they're like, if you can't get that, they're going to complain. And then there's me on the other side that if you do do that, they're going to complain. But as spring season can be done healthy for the players, I do think just shorten it, condense it, do what you got to do there. Um, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of teams that, you know, if you do it right, there might only be four or five teams that play more than 10 games. And you also got to think about financials. I know they're like the NCAA only cares about the money. They don't care about the student athlete, but the money is what keeps these athletes able to play and go to school and all that. So like they do need to keep that in mind. It's just tough. It's, it's really tough. Is this not just another reason that the NCAA has put out about how incompetent they are? Oh, for sure. I mean, they're oh, trash. In the, time, in the time that we need a governing body the most, has anyone heard anything from the NCAA? Have they done anything? It's, it's easy to bash the NCAA right now. I really, I really, I mean, I don't like the NCAA as a governing body as a whole. But at the same time, like, it's just this is such an unprecedented territory that, like, what really is the right thing to do? Like, you, you never really know. If there is a governing body. Have a unified say, Right, thing. right. <laughs> but but even with that, would we still get any better of an answer is what I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess what you're saying is clearly, like, the Big Ten is one end of it and the SEC is the other. And, like, all five Power Five conference Commissioner. The point of the NCAA is you're supposed to be a governing body. You're supposed to have a single source that can that makes the decision for you. So you don't have this where you have split decisions, and then you're we're gonna get a weird partial season maybe. And I if the NCAA had just been like all or nothing, like we're not having the season or we are having the season make that happen like that's what should have happened and it's tough and it's not entirely NCAA's fault you know it's just the history of college athletics there just has always been so many cooks in the kitchen and not even just on the power five level and that it's created this atmosphere that you know now the NCAA is getting all of the crap for and I don't want to sound like I'm defending the NCAA because I feel like that is what I'm doing right now but it's just there's like but like but like (laughs) like you're saying you know all these other commissioners want to do something different and it's like, well, if we could have like a governing body, but at the same time, I mean, if you have this governing there is body, one. it's called the NCAA. What do you mean? If there was one, there is one, and they just <laughs> did their job. Okay, yeah, I, I like literally, I guess- like literally, easy solution. You have all of the Power Five conferences have a vote, majority wins. Then they you tried. They tried to do don't. that, but they tried to do yeah, that. Yeah, but then you then- have the NCAA to actually enforce it. I don't yeah. think they really did try to do that though, because it, it was it's still by conference. Like the Big Ten had its vote, the SEC has its vote, and clearly, from NCAA what we've seen has over the last no, few days, no ground to stand on for defending can itself. They, can they enforce? I mean, I guess yeah. they can, but and they. I mean, they like, can yes. they can enforce canceling, and then on the other hand, like they can say, "All right, Power Five schools are playing," and like those Power Five schools just like the individual players have the option to opt out. The NCAA is not going to say, no, you can't opt out of playing the season. Every team is going to have that ability to. And right now that I think that makes the most sense of what to do. Or the other option of just canceling. And the NCAA was like, nope, we're not having fall sports. Yeah. That simple. It's like, I mean, they did that for basketball. And baseball. Spring exactly. So it's, they, 
like they can easily do it, but they're not. Did that come from the NCAA? Yes. Yeah, that came straight down to the tournament cancellation. Oh, they canceled the tournaments, but I thought like every conference kind of canceled by themselves. Like, on well, their they own canceled step. their conference tournaments, but like the NCAA tournament, the NCAA canceled it. I guess so. And, and but it wasn't just that they canceled the other spring sports too that weren't just like the tournaments. Anyways, we're we're on a rant of trash. Yeah, the end of that is the NCAA surprised no one and is incompetent yet again. But, but I, I did want to just talk about uh, the <laughs> how like recruiting and how play like assuming that the only the Big Ten and the Pac-12 get canceled and the other three have their season, how this will affect recruiting and players wanting to switch conferences. I don't think it's going to affect it as much as. People are I think it'll like have a huge right impact. Now. I don't know. I mean, it might hurt. Okay, it might. It, uh, so it's going to hurt like Rutgers, Purdue, those kind of schools. But I don't think it's going to hurt Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, um, Oregon, Southern California, all of that. Um, the like the middle tier, lower tier schools in those conferences, probably. But I mean, there's schools out there that like they're just blue bloods. They're the schools that everyone grows up wanting to play for. If they come calling, like so they're going to get the call answered. And like I said, the smaller schools are probably. But even hit. like for this one year for transfers, how many people are going to like Justin Fields? Like, is he going to transfer because he can't play at Ohio State and he's going to go pro next year? So he needs this year of playing time to, to get practice. I think it's going to a hmm. lot of those guys are going to have the decision between just going straight to the NFL draft or yeah, actually switching conferences. Also, just not to not that I want to bring the NCAA up again, but isn't the NCAA kind of responsible for determining like guidelines for this stuff? Like mm-hmm. at yeah. this point, right now, Justin Fields couldn't just transfer to Georgia. Yeah, I, if he wanted he would, to transfer back to yeah. Georgia, he'd have sit out a year unless he was granted an emergency waiver. So are they going to do that? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Are they going to lose eligibility? Know, like this point? Yeah. So it's like it's. What are they going to do on that? But then at the same time, like, what is the scholarship situation for all these schools? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously, like, if Justin Fields wants to come play for your school, like, you're probably going to find a way to open up a scholarship, which sucks for somebody on that team. But, you know, there's a lot of other implications, you know, for that's going to make it a lot tougher for the last minute transfer. The way I kind of see it is these conferences, assuming everything as it stands goes the sec acc and big 12 play and the big 10 and pac 12 do not what that means for money with tv deals being the the main contributor to that as well as future recruiting i think it it almost seems like a death penalty for these teams like these guys are are missing out on so much of the revenue that comes with tv deals and not to mention that every time they're going after a group forever regardless of whether they're the big names or not, it's going to take a hit because when you're the SEC, you're like, yeah, we actually played football, unlike this other school that you were talking about going to in this conference. Like at this point, it it almost seems like a power three is is being created right now if the season were to continue like this. What did I, I saw the, uh, the one of the best tweets I saw in the past week was they see the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are sitting at home watching mom and dad the uh saying the big 10 and the sec getting a divorce and they had to pick which one they love more which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny uh because you're kind of seeing i mean it looks like the acc and the big 12 are going to pick the uh the sec side but 
yeah, the uh, it, it's just it's just kind of ugly right now with everyone trying to just figure out what's going on. Well, it's going to be weird too because I mean that those conferences are going to be doing the same thing in the spring, watching these spring games happen. So it's it's going to be real weird. Like in terms of ranking teams, it's going to be weird. In terms of uh, I mean the championship, we I don't even know if we can re- even really say because the the NCAA hasn't even mentioned how that's going to work, and that's probably going to be a total mess. Yeah, I I feel like that's something that's probably not going to be decided on for quite a while. Well, the NCAA won't announce that because. Once again, they don't have any say in the college football FBS championship. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot that goes into those every year. Oh, yeah. So it's like to not have a championship and to play anyway. Like, what? I mean, there's going to I mean, you're, what are you playing for then, really? We're going to go back to the like pre 1997 formula of just, claim, and just go with like, yeah, a conference whatever, whatever claims to be said. the champion i think yeah. it's also just so far in the future and like we literally just need to get to the start of the season before we even worry about that so i, I kind of think that's why nothing's really come out of it because at this point there's so many hurdles to get before we even talk about a championship well that's why it's weird because the start of the season isn't even really like the start of the season because there's technically two seasons so it's uh, like there, there's, it's, it's going to be, gonna be so weird and, uh, like so just one, to clarify, if they do play in the spring, they <laughs> are they going to turn around and play in the fall again? Like, are they just, or, or is this going to be like a permanent, like, uh, yeah? I mean, True. right now that's, that's what it seems like. So that's really going to suck. Like, if you if you're a player that you know, let's say tears an ACL in the spring, you're going to lose all of next season completely. Yeah, and like, how does eligibility work with that? And like, if you're, you're literally playing back to back seasons, but it's yeah. in the same year, but it's still a year of like, back, I mean, I wouldn't want to play in the spring if that's the case. And that they probably won't. We can just go ahead and demote the Big 12 and uh, the Big 10 and the, the Pac 12 for Pac-12. sure. We can go ahead and demote to Division 2 and <laughs> they, can, they can decide what they want to do with that. OSU fans <laughs> mad triggered right now. Damn. I mean, the Pac 12 has pretty much already been demoted, right? They've made one college football playoff. Is that right? They made the very and first one. Rocked. The- but yeah, uh, there's one last thing I think we need to talk about. The movement, that the hashtag we want to play, that I think Trevor Lawrence has been pushing it probably the most. Enough to the point that... He's at least the that, highest profile. Yeah, at least to the point yes. that President Trump like replied to his tweet. <laughs> like, So Trevor buzz. Lawrence is now canceled by half the country. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand. It's so weird because that tweet was not meant to be anything political, and under in the replies to that tweet, it's nothing but politics. But you, but you mentioned, so, yeah. But by bringing, like, by taking an opinion on on coronavirus, by like wanting to be out in the world. All right, world well, that's or not, not where we're oh, yeah. talking about politics on the podcast right now. Okay, <laughs> true. I'm just, strictly I'm the explain. movement. I, it was really cool to have so many players come together. They really want to play the season. I really respect that about a lot of these players, specifically guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, that probably have the least amount to gain. From playing this season. Oh, yeah, those two have everything to lose. I mean. All right, so a little unorthodox here. Uh, We just lost our uh, recording bot uh, right in the middle of the podcast. So we're going to try to pick up uh, where we best remember us leaving off at. I believe I was uh, taught we were talking about, uh, you know, what the cancellations are going to be like with college football and the implications on recruiting. Uh, We were saying that, you know, the guys that are talking the loudest, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and, um, you know, other high-profile players that are expected to be top. Well, they have the most to lose, right? Well, yeah. Well, they they don't have anything to gain really by the season. Like, they're not really – like, their draft stock is pretty much locked in. 
for the most part, but they do have a lot to lose. I think I was saying that right when the conversation went out yeah. and everybody like went quiet. And I thought I said something like really inappropriate. And I was like, well, no, everyone was of- like, uh, yeah, I was uh, like, that wasn't, there was a that panic. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized y'all were freaking out because we just lost our recording device. I, yeah, like I said, yeah, I think they just have, they have more to lose from a season. Um, and so it's really crazy that they're the ones really leading the way. They could very easily just be like, I'm going to sign a million, a multi-million dollar signing bonus anyway. Who gives a crap if we play or not in a national championship or anything like that isn't going to do anything for him. Well, Trevor Trevor Lawrence knows he isn't really the truth. So he's just trying to milk college football Ooh. for as much as he can. Oh, man. I said it. That's a spicy take. I said it. Ah. That was like the anti-Mark Ryan, you know? Like, you've got the Antichrist, and then you've got the anti-Mark right, Ryan. Right, right. So Mark Ryan's the Antichrist, and then you've got the anti-Mark Ryan. <laughs> That, does that make me Christ? Does that make me back to Christ? No. <laughs> well, I, that was an interesting development. <laughs> I am holy. Breaking news. <laughs> I have a, I have a uh, the whole the whole we want to play movement. What what that's kind of done for me is does that kind of show that it maybe actually might not be in the best interest for these guys not to play. Uh, one thing we didn't really cover is like how much at risk they are for actually you know all these athletes that will have to go back home. Some of them come from really bad areas, and not even if it's not COVID, you know whether it's crime. Mm or drugs, or what have you, like, going home for a lot of these kids is not in their best interest. They can stay out of trouble, they can stay out of all the bad neighborhoods and stuff if they're at school, um, and the schools are practicing safe protocols, you know, poor neighborhoods and stuff like that aren't really going to be able to practice those protocols, have the cleaning devices to keep sanitation and right. keep the spread at a minimum. So is it really in the benefit for these you know, the Big Ten and Pac-12 to cancel and send all these kids back home and have no. them get exposed to probably worse things. Um, you know, like I said, they're sanitizing the field and all that. Like, I don't know if this is really in the best interest of, of these athletes. Like, everyone wants to make it seem like it is. Well, the, the, the real reason is just because they, they don't have attendance, so they don't have the ticket sales, so they're not making money off. And that's, I think that's the real reason, but they're, they're putting it on, the, they're putting it on student safety. They're putting the health and safety as the forefront exactly. of why they're exactly. doing it, which they I cover think their is asses. Just, yeah, it is. And it's a lie. And like, I get it because it is about the money, but you can't just say one thing and mean the other, like kind yeah. of just you know, be upfront about it. The college athletic model is not like the NFL or the NBA where, you know, they make multi, like almost billions of dollars, but you know, many, many, many millions of dollars. And, you know, the NFL makes many, many millions of dollars, but they only had to field 32 teams. Yeah. And same thing with the NBA and all that. And sure, you know, they're paying multi-million dollar contracts with this. But, I mean, college football is paying millions of dollars in scholarships. So, well, I mean, it's still there. I mean, of course, I mean, in the case of, like, the MAC or the SAC or something, like, yeah, I can understand. But in terms of, like, Power 5 conferences, like, you'd think that dude, they would be good enough to do it. Dude, 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 dude. Just look up the numbers. I mean, the amount oh, I mean, of I know of, I know it's probably true, but the amount of teams and programs in college athletics that have a positive profit margin, you'd be surprised. I mean, yeah, yes, a lot of the schools in the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten are those schools. You know, I think like I think like the top five like include like Texas A and M, Alabama, and like I don't know, like LSU and Georgia. I don't. I mean, like. It, it, a lot of it is right here in our backyard. And, you know, we're still like, we're top 20, I think, in, you know, most profitable athletic departments. But that's not the case for 99%. Well, it's a lot of TV deals. I mean, TV deals aren't, aren't paying like 
I, I guess the Mac has like Tuesday night action, but you know that, yeah. that and like that's like a big deal for them. Every there's no no monetary incentive that compares to what the SEC, ACC, the Power Five conferences have with TV deals because these other these other it just doesn't make sense for them. So I, another thing too is like so for those. I wonder how it works too, because like you know, Nebraska is maybe talking about joining the Big Twelve, or like if Ohio State and Penn State join the SEC. Like, how would I wonder how this would affect things in the long run? Obviously, transfers is one thing, but when you join a whole conference for a season, you know, I, I don't know like how this affects you know their relationship with Big Ten uh, firsthand. You know, how are the TV sponsorships going to work? Because you know, like you said, Fox has certain deals with the Big Ten, and CBS is typically the SEC. So I wonder like how monetarily that shit's going to work out if these teams are even albeit maybe for one season um but how that's going to affect things if they transfer over to another whole nother conference and, and that's the million dollar question right now <laughs> pun is that a pun i mean we're talking about money whatever bad joke. i don't really know pun. i'm not an english major i don't understand uh yeah that, <laughs> what? that's the questions that that everyone's gonna have to answer right now is nebraska is it feasible for them to move conferences Will these other conferences actually allow it? Like with the SEC, they've probably put together this whole schedule and they did all this, the additions for everyone to put Nebraska in. Then Nebraska has to go off our protocols and not to mention the SEC has to actually allow it. There has to be a contractual obligation between the Big Ten and Nebraska. So that has all kinds of issues that probably go with it. It, it it's going to be figured out i'm sure but it's probably not nearly as simple as it sounds right i think i think the biggest thing that's usually the problem besides like the legality of switching conferences is schedule because a lot of these schedules are planned out a couple years in ahead or at least some matchups we, are. we've already thrown but, that out the window. no yeah so but now it, it's all the schedules are kind of thrown out away just from this one season being messed up so it's not just one team trying to move conferences because of some reason all the schedules are already messed up. So it's, it is a, I think it's a little bit easier to switch conferences than it normally is, but you can't just do it in a year. It's going to have to take two, you know, one or two, maybe three years to even think about moving over anyway. So as much as they want to, I don't think it's possible. We're not, uh, we're not podcast lawyers. (laughs) Not yet. Ohio state is not going to permanently move to the SEC. Uh, and could this could this change the landscape where you know maybe we don't have all these like power five conferences in the way, and uh, and I don't know maybe it just opens up for a whole new way of thinking about college athletics. But I don't think it's going to be like Ohio State's joining the ACC and the Big Ten is defunct. Like it's, I don't see that happen. Well, yeah, I think we've we've pretty much beat the college football in peril topic yeah. to death. Uh, yeah, and we probably will for the next God knows how many yeah, weeks. Yeah, it point. seems like we've been talking about it. Yeah, there's just so many repercussions. So I just don't know if they like the NCAA. Like, I just don't know if a lot of. I'm sure they have, but just the repercussions of this are going to be felt definitely I, in the next I year. Want to watch college football? That's, that's all I want. True. That's that's a good. Point. But I am going to transition now over to our inaugural new segment, the flop of the week, and this week's flop of the week focuses on Steve Adazio, head coach of Colorado State. As you know, our current Mike Bobo, our offensive coordinator, Steve Adazio, former Boston College head coach, replaced uh, Bobo over at uh, Colorado State. And look some at this, huge just guys being dudes. 
huge allegations coming out from the Colorado State football program as 11 cases of COVID-19 were found in football players uh, having to do with the activities. And I guess at that point, it was a week ago, so it was pretty much in that voluntary workout stage before actual practice, which I think the SEC is still kind of in. It's kind of transitioning toward camp. But uh, it's included in a lot of the reports and uh, complaints broken by a Colorado uh, Colorado writer. Attempts were made to persuade players not to report COVID-19 symptoms, altering trace contact reporting, and also persuading players to come back before the full 14-day quarantine and threatening players with reduced time if they reported symptoms. So all of this has been reported, and it mentions that other programs are also included in this, but there's text messages and emails to confirm all of this. Many of the players have come out to talk about how toxic this environment of this program is. That being said, there are also players and the athletic director has kind of come out in defense of Adazio and what's going on. But the end result of all this is that there is a full on investigation going on into the university and their pandemic preparedness team, which includes uh, basically all the processes and procedures that are necessary for the program to continue. And so Adazio could be in really, really deep water coming out here and there just seems like there's too much evidence to not be true. Like, obviously you want this whole investigation to go into it, but I don't know what, what do you guys think about this? Because I'm not going to say that this is the most shocking thing that like there was one, one, or, I mean, this is, this is the only one that's actually come out and been accused of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there, there could be a few other uh, conferences and teams that that might be covering this stuff up. Uh, I, it's horrible, hence why Adazio is is our inaugural flop of the week. Because if college football is going to happen, we we can't have this. And I just want to make it very clear that I I hope the allegations aren't true. But if they are, Adazio does not deserve to be the head coach of Colorado State for another minute. Yeah, you just can't be like – I mean, we've been talking all about putting the best interest of the player, the best interest of the player, the best interest of the player, and then you can't, like, hype this. And you can't sit in a in the living room of a player and look his mom and dad in the eyes and say, like, I am going to take care of your kid over the next three to four years and then also be like, well, I want to play this football season so I can make X amount of millions of dollars. So you better, like, lie about having COVID so that we can play. And that kind of stuff, or just so that we can look better. Well, well, now in hindsight, it just looks so bad because he he asked for all you know for it to be covered up until not release cases, and and the, their season's canceled anyway. So it's it, it like, shouldn't it shouldn't even look bad in hindsight. It should have looked bad. No, that's what I'm saying. But moment. like like even now, it's like, what did you do it for? You didn't do it for anything. The season's canceled regardless. Like, yeah, maybe that's why they got canceled. And yeah, was, maybe the whole conference. Maybe maybe they knew more than we did about it. So over under who? Who spends less time in the head job, uh, Carlos Beltran or uh, <laughs> this guy? Um, Beltran spent less time for sure. I think he was only the coach for oh, two weeks. Oh, was he really? I yeah. thought he had. I thought he had been. There had been a bit more. He time had been announced, but he had. He had been like kind of written in, like only like. Oh well, so is this guy. You know, I mean, he hasn't really coached as much as anything. Well, I mean, and... coaching. 
Beltron didn't even get close to the team. <laughs> like, he literally got signed in like a week before. So true. I think this guy, this guy has been with players, has been on practices and stuff. This had to take my little chance to take a dig at the Mets. I'm cool with Beltron leaving. Are you though? I mean, you were just talking about how it was the most mismanaged team you've ever seen. Listen, we'll make you wonder. Quick hits. We haven't gotten in there yet. It's a new week. We need to get into quick hits. All right. Well, uh, we got. Well, before we get into quick hits, just had one more thing that kind of lead into quick hits. Uh, <gasps> just, uh, just kind of quick. Uh, bring up the like the the fake outrage that we've had in the last um, week. Uh, you kind of can see it coming. Um, you know, we've kind of joked about it how much we would love to see. Um, you know, with with all these sports that come back without fans, how these guys actually are on the court, on the ice, in competition, um, because we know how they are. We know these guys are saying, talking so much crap, yelling words that normally aren't going to be heard on cable television. I think most of us on the podcast want to hear it. Uh, this past week, uh, it's just kind of funny. Um, Justin Thomas with the PGA Championship going on, which I'll hit a little bit later in the quick hits. He kind of got in the crosshairs as like the first star athlete to be under uh, contention or under um, controversy because of these F-bombs. Justin Thomas has had a lot of times in his career where he just in the heat of the moment has like let one out and it gets picked up by the cameras and the mics and you know, it just happens. I don't know what y'all thought about it and then hearing it in other sports. I just think it's hilarious. All these people that want to get on their high horse on Twitter and talk about how like, oh, these people, they're professionals. They shouldn't be saying that. And like, they're not a professional the same way like you and I are going to be professionals. They only have professional in their name because that means they get paid to play a sport. Like they don't have to sit there and be like suit and tie, that kind of person all day, every day? For, for me, I think it, it comes back to golf in general because when you look at the NBA and what they're doing, like all everyone's just criticizing, pausing of the audio so you can't hear what they're saying. Like everyone wants to hear that raw version. And I, yeah. I don't know like who's complaining about it in golf, but I almost feel like maybe it's just like parts of that, the golf community just don't want to hear it. It could be maybe just because it's like the whole idea of the gentleman's game. We talked about that at one point, but I, I don't know what your take on that is, Tyler. But I, I think I, just- I love it. Like, I, I mean, I think Justin Thomas, like, I mean, he's I think he's like a year or two older than us. 25, 26 years old. I mean, he's he's somebody that really can got bad boy like, energy. It's not even bad. But like, he's just like <laughs> he's just your everyday golfer. Like, I mean, it, I mean, I know y'all guys don't play golf that much, but. I mean, if y'all did, and I mean, y'all be doing the same thing that he does. If you miss a putt, you're going to be like, are you effing kidding me? It's also a competition. It's a huge tournament. You know, there's it's not like he's just on a casual golf course going off, you know, F-bomb here. Like, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, it's a major championship. But if I'm playing, if I was out at, you know, my local uni course and I did the same exact thing, had the same exact putt with the same exact result and many many less millions of dollars on the line like i would have probably let out the same exact sentence i think i think a lot of it unfortunately comes down to the broadcast because with the nba and the nhl mlb it, it's funny how they all fix cursing and whatever on on court or on ice differently like nba like pauses the audio nhl will reverse audio which is really weird, but they all know because it's a part of the game. You'll hear that. So they have a delay so they can, if something comes up, they can, you know, attack it and make sure it doesn't go out in the broadcast. Whereas I think because golf has that gentleman's game mentality, they didn't expect that, I guess, or they don't expect That's that out of an athlete. And so they, it was like, 
they weren't prepared for him to say that, and it ended up, you know, being an issue. But realistically, they should have prepared for it. There's no reason why they shouldn't have. Just anyway, you should always have that. I think it's I agree. a they right word. I think that, you know, people should need to get off their high horse. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hate to put it this way, but you got to think demographic too. I mean, yes, it's like the gentleman's game, but like, you know, a generally older I don't know, population that's just not maybe accustomed to hearing yeah, that. I, like I'm telling you, I've been out on golf courses. You hear this stuff from everybody. I guess it's a reaction. Like you can't just expect somebody to like, like if you're going to do it in your friendly game where you might have like 10, 20 bucks on the line, like when know. this guy's playing for millions of dollars, like you can't expect them to I don't not know. have I, the same I, I saw I saw a compilation video and Tyler, maybe you'll know who is but it was a video of this one golfer and anytime he missed during his putts he would like celebrate he would do like a fist pump but he would do it like kind of angrily but he like you know covered it up with positivity i guess i don't know if you know which professional golfer it is but sounds psychotic yeah it's actually hilarious because he you could see how oh, mad he is but he's like fist pumping so hard every miss he makes yeah and then like i mean we want to we sit there and like everyone you know, loves Tiger Woods and like Tiger has like one of the worst mouths. Like, like growing up, it was always like Tiger's probably the first person I ever heard say like an F bomb, honestly. But, that's Tiger. Um, yeah. That's Gilmore guy. He had a bad mouth too. Yeah, true. <laughs> that scene, beep, 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 beep. Hey, how did, uh, how did Tiger look? Throw him off the tour, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what so, about the Tiger guy? Who's no, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods made the cut and actually had a better round of golf on Sunday than Matt's pick to win the tournament, Brooks Kepka. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you know, Tiger's, Tiger's up there in age. He's got a fuse back. Uh, he's not going to play as well in, you know, the Northern California weather. So you can throw your shots all you want, but he's still the reigning Masters oh, champion. <laughs> I can't wait shots. for him to lose the next Masters so Tyler will shut up about the Masters. And then I'll just say he's the 2019 Masters champion. I'll never shut up about that. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, getting into our quick hits, uh, it was overall a great week for golf, considering in last week's podcast, this was like the first, I mean, I'm not going to say major, major event because it's just a major in golf, but just big-time sporting event, really, um, that defines careers, defines legacies. Colin Morikawa, uh, he's 23 years old. He's younger than all of us. It really makes me disappointed in myself. Uh, he took home his first career major, third career PGA Tour victory. He's only been on tour for not even a full year, I don't even think. Uh, this was his second, second career major, first career PGA Championship. Takes home the prize. So really great round of golf for him. If y'all watched it, uh, he really stepped up to the plate uh, with some yeah. big kahunas late in the round. It was a drivable par four. He, I think he was tie for the lead at the time and be like a stroke up and just drove the green eight feet away for Eagle center. He didn't fall to the pressure at all. Like you said, around those big ones, like Dustin Johnson and all those guys, like he, he, he didn't let that bother him. Like he just went out there, played clean. And like I said, with that Eagle, uh, he just played clean golf. It was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he's going to be the kind of guy that you want to keep an eye on, um, you know, because he's like, he's already won a lot. He's going to be, um, he's going to be one to watch for just because he's just got such a consistent game. He doesn't hit it like as far as like a Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, anybody like that, but he puts it out there. He gets, he puts it straight, puts it in the fairway. And then his iron game is so good. So talking about the masters when it comes around time for that, like just keep an eye on this kid. I think he's going to have a phenomenal future. Also with the masters, just kind of hitting a second quick hit. It, the masters announced we record on Wednesday. So today, August 12th that the 2020 championship will officially be played without fans 
at the course. So it's going to be really weird for the Masters. Um, I've said before, like kind of when this all started, that if there was going to be an event that could probably survive without fans and be like really cool without fans, it would be the Masters. But it's still going to kind of suck because like the crowd noise that Augusta is always like so iconic. Uh, we're going to miss that. It's going to have a big impact on Columbia, on the Soda City, on the Midlands in general because that so many people come into that that corridor there uh, during Masters week. Millions of dollars are going to be missed from the tourism and all of that and the golf tourism and during Masters week, uh, especially during everything that's going on. It's going to really suck for our communities up there, but it's still going to be um, hopefully a successful tournament and be able to rebound even bigger um hopefully in 2021 when uh when we can get fans back out there and then golf pit number three u.s amateur and i'm just kidding i'm not going to go any longer on you guys (laughs) (laughs) the u.s amateur is actually happening this week but i'm not going to get into it (laughs) so baseball really the only uh big news for me as a not really uh super close follower of mlb was the benches clearing fight of the Astros. So, um, well, I, for, I I can't remember his name off the top of my it head. Was, it was Raymond Loreno, by the way. Okay, thank you. Uh, and uh, he's up to bat. He gets hit for the second time. He walks over to first base. As he's going over there, the hitting coach for the Astros starts talking shit to him. And he, so he naturally, he's going to talk back because, I mean, well, it's the Astros. And so they start going back and forth. They start running at each other. And then they, he gets held back and then all hell breaks loose and bench is clear. They start, uh, they have a, a little bit of a brawl. It was pretty rough because but, you know. um, the, the, the coach, which is Alex Citron, I think, he was, he was hiding behind some other players as he started to, you know, approach him and everything for the fight. And then one of the other Astros, the one who like tackled him from the side and kind of like blindsided him. Like it's pretty, pretty rough to get beamed twice and then get tackled and just sent to the ground pretty bad. And I guess with COVID and everything, it's like they didn't want players to be that close. So rip to that, um, especially with the Cardinals coming back after having COVID. So I heard part of the whole thing was him hiding behind the rest of the guys. Like I after, know, what a bitch. <laughs> I, I know, what a bitch. But like, just, like, who just hid behind the team? Like, what are you doing, man? You're going to start shit. Yeah, exactly. Loriano's he form of uh, shit talking also before he even started talking to the pitching coaches. When he got hit, he was he was literally just talking to the pitcher. He's like doing a hand motion. And he was like, oh, when you look at like read his lips, he was like, dude, when you throw a slider, you have to turn your hands like this so it doesn't come and hit me. Like, all you got to do is just turn your wrist. <laughs> it was he was teaching him. That's so bad. <laughs> but going on to the next major sport, the NBA is coming down to the wire in the West. So currently, as it stands, Portland has a half-game lead on Memphis, who is 1-6 in the bubble, on Phoenix Suns, who are 7-0 in the bubble, and on the San Antonio Spurs, who, based off of some weird tiebreakers, are technically in last out of all of that. But tomorrow, everything will be decided as for the playoff and the play-in. So as the way we see it, Portland, if they win, they're locked into eighth. If they lose, they could be completely out. So there's a lot of possibilities, but they do play the Nets, who have nothing to play for and also basically don't have anybody on their team at this point. They've also had some upsets. Yeah. So that's fun. But 
we've still got the Grizzlies versus the Bucks. So if the Grizzlies lose that one, they could potentially go from a three and a half game lead going into this eight games to all the way out of even a play-in game. Obviously, if the Grizzlies win and the Blazers win, that would be the play-in game this weekend. And then the Blazers would have just would just have to beat the Grizzlies one time in two games, and the Grizzlies or whoever else could be the nine seed would have to beat the eight seed twice. So uh, it, it's kind of weird, though, because all four teams are playing against teams that are already locked in. So you'd imagine they'll probably all be favorites to win their games just because, I mean, the Bucks aren't going to play Giannis, um, and that's who the Grizzlies play. Uh, the Suns, I don't remember who they play, but a team that has nothing to play for. So it's just going to be a bunch of bench guys. So I'd imagine it'll probably be the Blazers and Grizzlies that win and go in as the 8-9. But it's been crazy, especially when you follow the Blazers. They played the Clippers and lost a close one. But then immediately after the game, Pat Beverly, who wasn't playing in the game, and Paul George, who played a little bit, were both talking mad shit during the game. And that beef went to Twitter and Instagram after the game. Lillard basically talking about how he had sent Beverly home in 2014 on a game winner and sent Paul George on the whole bad shot thing from last year home and like the the two of them were like yeah 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 like y'all lost y'all aren't even gonna make the playoffs all this shit and then dame's like i mean honestly like i respect it y'all still obviously are hurting from what i did to you in the last few years so they went back and forth i think i think it's all settled now because obviously in the end the, the clippers are the two seed and the blazers are still fighting to make the playoffs but i thought it was pretty interesting after damian lillard's back-to-back incredible both 50 and then 61 point nights in what now appears to very much be must win games. Those games, they would be in 11th spot right now and pretty much out of the playoffs if it weren't for the heroics. And he just looked over at the camera straight to Steve, uh, to skip Bayless and said, put some fucking respect on my name right after he dropped 61 points. And was he talking to Pat Beverly was he talking to uh, Skip Bayless, who said that he's not clutch and can't lead his team to the playoffs? I don't know. That but that right wasn't now, his real Twitter yeah. account that that replied to Skip, was it? Because I saw Skip Bayless said something about Damian Lillard. No, well, it was, I, and he was like, yeah, "Shut, no, shut no, the no. hell up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was the, that was his real account. It it wasn't the verified. Man need, the man doesn't need any more reason, but you give him a reason to go out. He's he was pissed, and then he drops 50 and 61. He's the only player outside of Wilt Chamberlain to ever have three games with more than 60 points in a season. Sheesh. So that, that's, that's some pretty big numbers there. Yeah, that'll all be decided tomorrow, and then this weekend we'll have the play-in game, and then we'll have the NBA playoffs set, and they may be already be starting by the time we record next week. So definitely looking forward to that. That's pretty crazy and exciting. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So NFL right now, they, uh, you know, they're still looking to start at September 10th. Uh, the deadline for the opt out has passed. 69 players Wait, opted what out. What was the number? Uh, 69. Nice. 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 Yeah, I can't believe you just read right over that like it was just, nice. you know, any other number. Very nice. nice. <laughs> it is a nice number. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so 69 <laughs> nice players opted out. Um, they, not too many big names. Like I said, Patriots got hit the worst. Um, but a lot of the big names are still in, in the play. There were some names spinning around like Von Miller that said they might sit out. 
uh, Tredavious White, among others, but they decided they were not going to opt out. So I think that's good for the league that most of the big names are staying in. Um, right now, they actually the NFL released saying that they are going to test players every day until September 5th. And that's pretty big because September 10th is the opening game between the Texans and the Chiefs there in Kansas City. So they will be testing players daily, um, every day until the 5th, which the NFL seems to be doing pretty good right now, um, COVID-wise, and just with the way they're going about it and how they're handling the situation. So I expect them for that. Um, I don't know. What do you all think? you think that September 10th is still a good uh, start date, doable? Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, it, it's one thing, but I'm just sitting here thinking getting that thing shoved up your nose every single day for the next month. Getting some assault on your nose. For corona tests? like straight up month. Dude, I'd be afraid. It's going like, to be annoying. It's going to be so annoying. Absolutely. God. Wait, is it every hey, day? Hey, hey, yeah, every day they're testing. If the NFL doesn't have CTE now, they will after oh, this. That's awful. I think they're coming yeah. out with a new test where you don't have to do that, though. They probably have it because of all the money the NFL has. I'm sure they have the least painful test possible for this. Dude, I don't want to get. I don't want to get the stick put in my brain. I mean, I'm not saying painful, but just uncomfortable. It is. Oh well, yeah, not pain, but just. I mean, there's got to be some easier. They're like scraping their brain. Am I the only one here that hasn't been tested? I haven't either. I haven't been tested. I also haven't gone anywhere, so. I felt like I got probed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not fun. It's basically it's like probed. a prostate exam for your nose. <laughs> Good lord. Oh my what god! An analogy. I've I've never had either of those, so I can only imagine. How do you know what that feels like? Then, and I don't. And I don't. <laughs> I don't like where oh, yeah. is taking me. Don't ask questions, Clayton. You don't want the answers. Let's, let's get away from probing and let's get to the lottery. Everyone likes the lottery, right? Especially your New York Rangers hockey team. So the lottery pick just came out, and the Rangers won the first overall draft pick, which I'm super excited for because we had this number two overall draft pick last year and drafted Capo Caco, and now we're drafting a number one to- uh, prospect from Quebec, one of the Quebec leagues. Uh, it was it was pretty interesting because like they they showed what? the video and like they had the the like ping pong balls and like the special case with the with the foam inserts and everything, and it was like the guy putting it into the machine to do the, you know, the lottery pick and the commissioner was standing, you know, six feet apart. They both had masks on and everything. And he's putting in all the ping pong balls in, but he has to show the commissioner if it's like the ping pong ball for each team. And he's like, is this the team? And like, yes, that's confirmed like the penguins or whatever. And he's going in to put the, the New York Rangers one in and he accidentally drops it too early. And like, even with the mask on, you could like see his eyes close for like two seconds. And then they were like really wide. And he's trying to like tease the ball back out of the chute <laughs> and like has to put it back up. And so everyone on Twitter was like, be really funny if the Rangers won it. Is it dry? Is it dry? Be re- <laughs> yeah, right. Be really funny. Uh, and so the Rangers won that pick, which is really awesome, which I mean, it was really weird that they got it anyway, because they, they only made the, the lottery pick because they let more teams into the playoffs this year. So uh, it ended up like, dude, it was match made in heaven for us. I mean, I didn't really expect us to go anywhere in the playoffs anyway. I'm a hockey fan, so I still got to think about the playoffs anyway. Um, A lot of interesting things happening in the past two days. Uh, We just, I think, just finished the Flyers-Canadians game. Uh, Two-to-one Flyers. Uh, Flyers look super dominant. Uh, I think they're one of the best teams going in right now. But the Canadians just came off of a huge upset against the Pittsburgh 
Penguins, they're, I think, the 12th team in, so I think they're probably last in the bracket. Uh, so both teams have a lot of energy coming in, so I think that's going to be a really fun series to watch. The number two Lightning versus the number nine Blue Jackets went to five overtime last night in a three to two win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Braden Point scores on uh, the, the Blue Jackets. Junis Corposalo, who had 85 saves and still lost, which is super sad. The game lasted How- six hours and 13 minutes. And had the record. Did you check pronunciations on these names? Oh, I checked. Yeah, I had to do my research. <laughs> uh, the record was 151 shots, uh, which is absolutely insane. I think it's just if you consider consider skating back and forth, like that's a out and a half, and that's the first game of the series. So, I mean, either way, the the Blue Jackets look pretty solid for losing their big players in in Sergei Bobrovsky, Artemi Peronin, and Matt Duchesne pre-agency you know so they shut down some big opportunities but tampa bay has some crazy depth without steven stamkos and headman uh at least in the round robin so i you know hopefully we have less overtime games because they totally screwed up the rest of the bracket including the bruins hurricanes game that was supposed to be last night got moved to this morning which was another overtime victory is two overtimes so i mean dude if this continues we're going to be running out of time in the schedule uh, Boston won four to three in a controversial goal, uh, which should have been called back. But uh, my brother is a huge Hurricanes fan, so he was pissed. Uh, Patrice Bergeron hit the final goal in overtime against Peter Mrazek, who played okay. He's 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 a decent goalie. But Hurricanes Twitter was hilarious. If you're not following Hurricanes Twitter, want to like put your dip your toes into hockey, that's the one to follow because like after the game, they just tweeted pain, and that was it. And like <laughs> I saw that. And, that and they're each each day their bio changes and it's like it has nothing to do with their team. It's just like whatever they're feeling. Like last night their bio was just like <laughs> we couldn't play last night because the blue jackets hogged the ice. And that was like their bio. It's like, hey, you're a hockey team. Uh so it's actually pretty funny to to follow them. The the Kaniacs are, are a really exciting team and, and they're really exciting on the ice too. It's kind of a rematch from last year against the Bruins. Which they got, I think they got uh, swept. But this is a, a team that's been to the playoffs before, and they settled down a bit. But they're still like in every every stat they got outmatched by the Bruins. So it's going to be an uphill battle for them. And then another interesting game was the Golden Knights, which is number one versus the number twelve Blackhawks, which is a four to one victory for the Golden Knights. It's a really good Vegas team, still really good against uh, an aging Blackhawks squad. Funny thing is, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights goalie Rob Lehner. Uh, had 19 saves, uh, 950 save percentage, almost had a shutout. But he got traded at the deadline from the Blackhawks to the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's big, big uh. oof on Chicago to have your old goalie almost give a shutout to you. So you should have traded your other goalie who doesn't do anything on your team. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's neither oof. here nor there. Avalanche Coyotes played earlier. It was, it was an okay game. There's not much to talk about that one. I'm not. Coyotes are are lucky to be there, and Avalanche looked really, really good. Uh, those jerseys, though, dude. Those jerseys are sick. I will say that um, they got a lot of veteran talent from on that team now because pretty much stole all of the Penguins' uh, 2017 Stanley Cup team. But again, neither here nor there. <laughs> Stars lost to the Flames in a three to two victory for for Calgary. Flames have one of the best offensive units in hockey. Both their two starting lineups could be the two top lines in the league on offense. But the the stat the Stars have a Really, really good defense. So if you're looking for a really balanced rivalry between a really hot offensive team and a really good defensive team, that's a really good one to watch. And finally, you've got the number four Blues versus the number seven Canucks, which will be on, at, I guess it's already started. It's supposed to be on a 1030. 
the Blues are the returning Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Matt, are you still a Blues fan, or is that like a? Weren't you yeah, a Blues fan? It's kind of a meme, but go Blues! Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you in there. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'm a Blues fan. <laughs> more of a Battlehawks guy. I I thought you were more I mean, of a. Same, oh yeah, I forgot about yeah the Battlehawks. I've I've got a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That yeah, that's yeah, yeah sorry. I, I uh big big fan of the St. Louis. Big jazz museum fan. Yeah, isn't wasn't that Kansas City? That's Kansas the arch. City. The arch is in. Well, it's, it's close enough. Same state. Uh, Same state. Close enough. <laughs> big fan. Uh, <laughs> Canucks are are one of the youngest and teams out there. They have the 2019 Calder Trophy winner, which is essentially the rookie of the year in um, last year. Elise Peterson, their center, and they have a 2020 finalist in Quinn and Hughes, their defensive man, who I think is one of the better def- young defensemen in the league. He- he's the truth. So, I mean, I think they're real hot, and and they're playing against, you know, the returning Stanley Cup champs who have looked a little bit rough. Uh, they lost their third game to Dallas in the round robin. So this could be a pretty pretty interesting upset for them. Again, I'll have to check the score on that game, but it's going to end after we record this. So a lot of interesting things happening in hockey this week. Uh, so it's going to, regardless of not having fans or not, I think it's going to be a fun time to be a hockey fan and to enjoy whatever we can out of this playoff scenario. For sure. One last note, just kind of rating Gamecocks to our quick hit updates that we've had. Taylor Stallworth uh, getting picked up by the Indianapolis Colts. So that that's a big pickup for them. And then we've also got P.J. Dozier has played solid minutes uh, so far in the bubble. Uh, he The Nuggets are kind of injured and also have nothing to play for right now in these seeding games. So PJ looks certainly like he is a, a solid backup guard for them, has, has played good minutes, um, and had a pretty solid 18-point stat line the other night, including a three-point yeah. three point and one. So that was exciting. Uh, and even, even just now, as we get to the last games of the bubble, uh, Sindarius Thornwell played for the eliminated Pelicans the other night and was was pretty solid in his minutes. And uh, similarly, Chris Silva played tonight for the Heat against the Thunder. Obviously, it, it seems like Silva and Thornwell are not quite up to the level right now as what PJ is. He's PJ has kind of showed himself as a genuine contributor, while Thornwell and Silva are still kind of fighting to get those those minutes and really have only gotten that playing time in those games that don't really matter at this point. But do you know what their contracts look like? I know they all have contracts except for Thornwell just because he was picked up for the bubble. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what Thornwell's future is with them. But Yeah, that's what well. I'm worried about. He's played well, and I'm sure he is just uh, excited that he got this opportunity. So we've seen him here and there, whether it be the exhibition games or currently. So hopefully those guys uh, all continue to play big minutes for the NBA, and uh, I hope they uh, continue with their contracts. Real quick about Stallworth, he actually had significant playing time with the Saints last year. Uh, we know the Saints were a playoff team, obviously. So the Colts also traded for Buckner to force Buckner from the 49ers. That's a pretty solid D-line addition there, those two guys. Uh, hopefully Stallworth can get some significant playing time in that division. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to him. Yeah, so uh, that wraps up a pretty busy episode. As it's you know a bit of a pain when we got so much to talk about because – makes us run late especially when our recording uh drops out on us in the middle for about what was that 10 15 20 minutes uh yeah it was great 
But, you know, it's also a lot of fun to be able to have something to talk about that's not just what-ifs and cancellations. So uh, we'll be excited to get back next week as we get closer and closer to real and true playoff action with both the NHL and the NBA. And then we'll be we're itching closer to the seasons in the NFL and hopefully college football as well. So uh, we'll see you all back there then, and you all have a good week.